Hello, and welcome to the Incredible Witness Podcast. Today's episode is titled, Giving Evidence. Any witness giving evidence in court, or who has given evidence, will testify that it is invariably a daunting and exposing experience that most people are unfamiliar with, and unsurprisingly, are not eager to repeat. The vast majority of people who attend court as a witness do so infrequently, and as a consequence, continue to experience being in the witness box as an alien and potentially traumatising event. It's hard to become good at something that is exacting and stressful when you really practice doing it, and it is way outside of your comfort zone. Giving evidence and being cross-examined is like life itself, in that it is never meant to be easy. It is a test or examination of your evidence that you provide when under very pressurised environments better known as a stress test of your, of your evidence. What most people do in response to difficult experiences or events in life is wish it was easier. What very few people do instead is decide to make themselves better in response to the difficulties they face. Once, you're full, once you fully accept that like life, your, your time in the witness box is meant to come with hardships and difficulties, you can adapt and cope with it far better. But what are you really doing or meant to be doing when giving evidence as a social work expert witness in a family law case? And what are the skills that you need to develop and hone in order to give compelling and convincing evidence? In my experience, and I have over 33 years of experience in this era, when giving your evidence, it represents the culmination of all the work you have undertaken as well as the behavioural events and experiences you have witnessed or been informed of in connection with the person or persons being being assessed. This includes in its entirety all the evidence within the court bundle. When given evidence then, you are essentially summing up all the information you have personally gathered over the period of time you have been involved with the person or persons being assessed, in addition to your knowledge of their social history from the, from the earliest record to the present day. Having completed your assessment and formed a clear conclusion about what you consider is in the best interests of the child, the evidence you provide to the court then has to clearly support and, where necessary, enhance your written evidence. There is no room for inconsistency or any contradiction between your written and verbal evidence. Those cross-examining you will scrutinise your written evidence and you will be eager and will be eager to highlight any difference between the verbal evidence you give or any weaknesses or flaws in your arguments. So it's important to go over it again when you're preparing to give evidence to check that that what you will be saying in the witness box is in total accord with what you documented earlier. Now when preparing to give evidence, it is not sufficient just to prepare by going over your written evidence. To prepare thoroughly, you should go over each party's evidence also, so that you can see see the case from all angles and ensure that you have not missed any vital information that will potentially undermine your arguments. It is always a good idea or practice to make a note of all the issues in the case, so that when you come to consider your analysis of the evidence and the salient points you wish to make, that your evidence incorporates all of the issues There are a variety of skills you need to put to use throughout the court process. 
One of the main skills involves active listening. Your ability to carefully listen to what you are told whilst assessing a client, whilst being asked questions in the witness box, and to listen to your own voice of intuition throughout are highly valuable skills that need to be honed. When assessing others, it is important that you have insight into your own potential blind spots and biases. We all have them, no matter how professional and aware we consider ourselves to be. Your capacity to ask good questions or to have an inquiring and open mind is very important here also. The better quality of questions you ask, the better quality of assessments you are likely to make. When undertaking an assessment, it is important to make a list of all the relevant people you want or need to ask questions of in relation to the details of the case. However, in addition to all the people you need to interview, you need to always make the time to ask yourself questions. Questions such as how do you feel about working with a, with a parent or family? What are the thoughts and feelings that go through you when you visit the family? How does the parent or the per- person being assessed behave towards you? What is the environment like in their home? I'm not just referring to the physical state of the accommodation or the decor. I'm also asking about the sense of emotional warmth or lack of it that you pick up when you step through the threshold into the property. How comfortable or or uncomfortable do you feel in the presence of this person? And what is the exact reason or reasons for the comfort or discomfort you feel? These are crucial questions to ask yourself when working with a family. And they are the kind of questions that a supervisor or manager may draw out of you in supervision if supervised by someone. They are important questions because they feedback useful information about the family and are about you that you need to consider and become clear about. If their child is present, what do they say and feel? What are their wishes and feelings and how do they communicate, behave or present? If the child is not yet talking, what is the child's body language, facial expressions and regular emotional state conveying to you? Given the child's age, is their development delayed? And if so, by how much? When you think about the child, what does your sense of empathy say to you about their life and circumstances? What degree of safety do you consider the child feels in a family? Do they have a clear sense of belonging to the family? And to what extent are their wishes and feelings considered and prioritised by the parents? How does the parent communicate and talk about their child? Asking yourself all these types of questions and more and answering them whilst being aware of your own potential to be biased either favourably or unfavourably is the type of rigorous process you need to undertake which sets you up to be able to answer questions competently when in the witness box. As I'm sure you can appreciate, given the voluminous amount of information you have to read and digest, undertaking an assessment and giving evidence at court requires you to be very organised, because the various pieces of information gathered have to be sorted out and slotted into their appropriate place. Think of these numerous pieces of information like pieces of a jigsaw puzzle. They all fit together in some way to form a complete clear picture of what's really happening in connection to to the child's life and the parent's parenting ability. 
But, it, but unless you take the time to meticulously find out where each piece of information fits into the puzzle and what it means in the terms of your assessment, you won't know the whole picture. And without knowing the whole picture, your assessment and analysis of the, of the evidence cannot be comprehensive. In many of the cases you work with, you may find that you only gain a clear understanding of what is going on in a family by scrupulously dissecting the details of events and incidents. That's why the value of asking pertinent, painstaking questions cannot be overstated. Another key skill to be honed in the witness box is the ability to think on your feet when deciding on how you will answer questions so as to offer compelling evidence. In order to be able to do this effectively, you have to be in a balanced emotional state and have a positive mental attitude. It is not possible to answer the complex questions asked of you when your emotional and mental state is unbalanced. This is because when you when in a heightened emotional state, you are unable to gain access to the higher functioning part of your brain that permits you to reason and articulate clearly and provide convincing arguments. Offering concise, compelling responses to questions posed to you can only be done when you are in full control of your emotional and mental state. Remember that at all times your character is being assessed by the judge. So how you respond to questions, your body language, what you have to say and the way you say it are all important indicators of who you are. Maintaining a positive attitude and a good measure of control throughout your time in the witness box with regard to your emotional and mental state will help you stand out and your evidence be preferred in the eyes of the judge to the evidence given by others. Until next time.